Hey everybody, welcome back to the One's Ready Podcast. You're in the team room. We've got Aaron and I, and we wanted to talk to you about uh, a few things that really we have kind of lived the entire time within Special Operations. And Special Operations Command has what they call soft truths or Special Operations Force truths. Uh, and it's kind of the the mantra that all of us try and, and live by and aspire to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to hop on into each one of them and, and give you some details on kind of what they are and what our perspectives are on them. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you have followed along, we have been hitting the Special Operations Force Truths or the Soft Truth. We've already hit one through four. We are on number five now. So this is going to be your fifth one. And uh, and I'll have Aaron kind of define it per the SOCOM.mil website. But it's really number five is most special operations require non-soft support, which um, kind of hits home really, really well to us because we, we really love our support folks. Amen, brother. Can't wait to talk about it. So again, from the soft truths, you can look them up on SOCOM.mil. There's plenty of books on this stuff too, so you can find it's pretty easy. But straight out of the book, the operational effectiveness of our deployed forces cannot be and never has been achieved without being enabled by our joint service partners. The support Air Force, Army, Marine, and Navy engineers, technicians, intelligence, intelligence analysts, and the numerous other professions that contribute to soft have subsequently increased our capabilities and effectiveness throughout the world long story short baby it does not matter if you're jason Bourne. it doesn't matter if you're the world's best operator it does not matter if you're jtac number one chief peaches himself he requires not only internal but external and joint support in order for this to happen there is no such thing as a unilateral operation i will just tell you right now there is absolutely no such thing people throw the 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 dirty you word around does not happen Okay. We are joint by nature and internally, you know, we'll kind of like build this out as an onion inside of your unit. You may have the operators and they may be the main focus of the mission because they're the people that are actually doing the mission. I always, I don't know where we got this number, but the number that's always been in my head is that for every operator, it takes 10 support personnel just to make it so that they can do their mission. You need supply, you need resource management, you need people that are working to get them the things that they need, like intelligence analysts. We already talked about it in Soft Truth 1, but that operator needs a psych doc, they need a dietitian, they need a strength and conditioning coach, they need somebody to fix them when they get in inevitably injured, which we all do. We're all held together by duct tape at this point. You need somebody that gets them you know to and from the play you need those vehicle maintainers you need somebody to take care of the radios you need a full medical staff to get you your narcotics and get you your uh you know get you your medical um training that you're going to need you know for being a pj you need somebody that's an expert on drones and that can maintain that you need somebody to run the simulator to keep you current on your calls the list goes on and on and on and that's not even talking about the specialized training that we contract out mm-hmm. that we go to the you know we don't just get taught you know, we don't just teach each other how to shoot. We bring in a world-class pistol shooter and they teach us how to shoot. And if we're going to a mountainous environment, we might go out to Idaho and have the smartest guy that can teach you to shoot in the mountains. And you go there for two weeks and you do precision engagement over 1200 meters. That is the support that we need. And that those people now there is, 
I will tell you right now, if you are supporting a soft operation, doctrinally, they say that you are soft personnel, right? But when we talk about being on a team and going through a specific selection and having a specific AFSC, the delineation that I'm making here is there's the operators and then there's the support personnel. The support personnel and those joint personnel aren't, especially in the Air Force, they're not soft all the time. Outside of the the single tier one unit, when you go to the 2-2, the AFE folks that you have, the people packing your parachutes, those are, quote, regular Air Force people that got assigned to ST. Right. And it's an assignment process. The the CADMS individuals, the people that you have running your weapons programs, those are regular security forces personnel that are working at the ST that are supporting a soft mission. Right. Most of the support people that you have are going to fall into that bucket where they are not soft. These are not folks that have went through a specific selection. They're not people that are, you know, are, you know, have any, uh, you know, distinction between their regular Air Force counterparts. There are people that are supporting a soft mission in a very small niche. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, those people are well-trained. They're typically really, really good. Uh, I will tell you from experience, the support personnel, they lean into the soft mission, and they just absolutely crush yep. it. Just crush it. And yeah, we'll they send embrace them, it. Oh, yeah. We'll send them to every single... So I don't know how many, you know, talking about the 2-2, you know, the, you know, the best jumper, the best jump masters that we have that unit, it's two AFU guys. Yep. Those dudes crush it they can run a jump operation like no other like Which be- they should yeah. right oh yeah you you want them to be that high level trained because i tell you what if we were if we actually were going in to um say we were doing a rescue mission off off the pacific like the moffat guys or something like that like yeah okay cool if i had a pj that was a jump master that was um you know highly skilled and stuff like that yeah of course i'd use him but if i I'm also taking that PJ away potentially, right? So maybe I can put that PJ doesn't need to focus on the jumping aspect of it. If I could take a sticky or somebody like that mm-hmm. and, and sticky's the name of the AFE person that Aaron's talking about, or one of them anyway. Um, you know, if I could take a sticky and say, Hey dude, you're going to be the jump master for this. Cause I don't have time to plan that. I got to plan all this other stuff and get all this other stuff ready, but you're going to be the jump master. He could easily and effectively do that. Crush it. Right? Crush it. And, I mean, and the Moffa guys actually did this. The Moffa guys, um, one of the, on one of their jump missions, they actually use, it's called a stay aboard jump master, right? A guy that's not going out. They had no kidding. One of their J's stand up and go, Hey, listen, this is really complex. I'm going to take the JMs part of it. I'm going to stay on board. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take the, the, and it's, it's really tempting to be the JM and, and then go jump on the mission too. Cause you want to be part of the mission. Mm-hmm. But this guy was humble enough. He was, he fell right into that specific role to go, Hey, I'm going to be the stay aboard JM. I'm going to take this piece on. I'm going to send you guys out. You guys are going to go do good stuff. That is how all of our support personnel are right. There's, and, and this is across the board. I've worked with army Intel folks that blew my mind with the stuff that they could produce the Intel that they could give to me, the things that they could support, you know, working, you know, I've worked in a n- numerous joint assignments at this point, but you know, I, I always remember my deployment to Hellman down to um, camp bastion. So bastion leatherneck Shorebach. I mean, we were working with a Marine battle captain that was a fighter pilot that essentially would launch us to go do stuff. I was the, the um, NCOIC at that time. So I was a team leader down there, but I would work closely with this Lieutenant Colonel, and all credit to him, this guy 
had PR on lock. He knew exactly where we fit in. He knew where he could use us best. He took my advice. He would ask me, Hey, would you like to go do this thing? Um, and I, yeah, it, it was like a yes or a no. And there was, um, you know, we were very light on officers on, on that deployment. So it was pretty much, you know, myself and, uh, if depending on what time of day it was, it was either me or the captain that were basically interfacing with this Lieutenant Colonel. And he treated me with the same respect and with the same subject matter expertise that he treated the captain. And that's just to say our joint partners enabled our mission, anything that we did there, the saves that we made, the missions that we went on, like I credit him, I credit him for knowing, you know, taking the information from the Intel folks, taking the information from the Marines on the ground, and then allowing us to get into those missions. Our operational capability and effectiveness was directly related to this support person. And that is really important for me. I know you and I share, you know, we're in lockstep on this one, but oh, yeah. I am violently protective of our support folks. Because yes. there's, there's always a healthy tension. Like the supply guys are sick of you trying to get the newest watch from them, right? And the operators are always Arteris. mad. Give me that Arteris. Give me, give me that dead bird, baby. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's funny how that stuff happens. Somebody walks around with a new jacket. And you're like, hey, where'd you get that jacket? Hey, where'd you like, get that? Oh, oh they got, them, got it. Dude, they got them in supply. Suddenly supply is the most popular shop in the building, hey, right? Hey, hey, what's hey. up, buddy? Oh, hey, guys. It's been a long time, man. How are you doing? You still like, sure riding right. bikes on the weekend? Hey, you guys I haven't got seen anything? you in like six months, dude. What's up? <laughs> Uh, what happened six months ago? Oh, it was that le- the last time that, that our Tarek's dropped a yeah. new jacket, dog. That's when they put out their <laughs> fall line. <laughs> but, you know, these people, I'll tell you what, without, without that support, and not even talking about joint, we're just talking about in the unit now. Yeah. Without those support functions, you're dead in the water. Yep. You just are. You don't have people loading your radios. You don't have people loading your maps. You don't have people that are managing your crypto. You don't have the ability to pull weapons, narcotics, any number of secret things that you need to support your mission. You know, we have people that are checking and double check, even silly stuff that you think won't stop a mission. That stuff stops the mission. If it, if it wasn't for our, you know, SARM personnel, basically the people that manage like flight records and flight authorizations and makes everything legal that can stop a mission. Yep. You know, if I didn't have, I'll tell you in Africa, I had an Intel guy. He's now working for a very cool, very secret organization. This guy, if it was not for him digging in and making sure that we had diplomatic clearances to do some of the uh, global access stuff, we wouldn't have been able to do it. We, and we, and yeah. we might've run a foul of international law. If it wasn't for him, that was just st- like, Hey, we need this clearance to go to this country. And this is how you get it. I didn't know that. I had no clue. No, my officers didn't know that we were doing our best, but that's why you have this exquisite support function. Yep to keep you out of trouble, to keep you online and make the mission happen. So make no mistake, the operators, yes, they're executing the mission, right? They're they're on target. They're the ones that are in charge of mission success and failure, right? Like the team is doing the team stuff. That is the smallest part of these missions. The logistics involved, you know, there's an old saying out there, amateurs plan for execution professionals plan for logistics. And this is where your support folks come in and you get a whole bunch of professionals that are part of that team to support the tactical execution of the task. Yeah. And, and, and I know it's, it's kind of silly and funny to, to bring up, you know, Jason Bourne, but if you look at even the SpaceX missions, like if anybody's watched the SpaceX launches or, or even Apollo 13 and and you got the, that operation center, like Mm -hmm. all those, like, look at that massive team. Jason Bourne still had Treadstone. 
I, he's still a, yeah, he's, that's there, what I'm saying. Always, like, there's always the guy in the van in every single movie. There's the guy in, in the van, like, I'm in. Like, you know, yeah. the, Jack Bauer, remember the CV, the, you know, the show, the, no, was it 24? 24? Yeah, Jack Bauer. What was he always screaming? Give me the schematics. Chloe, yeah. I need, like, whatever. Give, she would upload you. floor plans. Like, she would, like, stop cameras from working. Like, Jack Bauer was a piece of shit. You know, what a, that Chloe chick, I think her name was Chloe. Chloe was the one that was making all of it happen, was always hacking into stuff and finding floor plans, disarming bombs remotely and whatever. Jack Bauer was essentially just a shooter. Yeah. I, Fuck Jack Bauer. I don't know how he got there. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. He can't even buddy breathe. How do you do in selection? Piece of shit. That's all. Everybody, that's to say, like, you really are nothing without support. You're nothing without the team. You're nothing yep. without the people that are in their lane, just crushing it. And the more that you understand, everybody has a lane and the operator lane, the actual, you know, AFSC where, you know, the operational dudes, your lane is actually really narrow. Your lane is super narrow. You're there. Really. You're a specialized tool. You're a scalpel. You're not a Swiss army knife. The Swiss army knife is the team. The Swiss army yep. knife is the entire team right? Yep. You may, you may be able to crush it inside of your lane, but without Intel, without personnel, without operations, without plans, without future plans, without Money. a four, a six, a eight, all of these other staffing functions, right? So logistics, radio vehicles, maintenance, all this other stuff, money, people that are actually funding all of these schools that you're going on and getting you the equipment, you're dead in the water. You're nothing. If operators had to do all that, They'd be far less capable operators because all they would be doing is these other functions. Yep. And it's also why I have a love affair with support folks, with our combat mission support or, you know, whatever we're calling special warfare mission support. Like, yeah, love affair. Total. Absolutely. All the respect in the world of those folks. But that's why. That's why they got mentioned specifically in Soft Truth 5, which concludes yep. our little series that we're doing. Go back and check out tr uh, Truths 1 through 4. We're going to put these out for y'all so that you can really get a deep dive into why it is that we care about this. And remember, you can apply all these truths to your daily life, to your small unit. It doesn't matter if you're working in the conventional forces right now, if you're working at a firehouse, if you're just working on a small team in business, you can take lessons learned from these truths and you can apply them to your everyday life. Soft just found a way to boil them down and put them in their own doctrine because they're that important. Yep. You know, we talked about how lessons learned and prior failures have built to this. Like we learned our lesson in, you know, soft truth one, humans are more important than hardware. You have to invest in the people and not the technology. That's really important. Soft truth two, now that we have an investment in the people, we realize that we want quality people and not just a bunch of people, right? So we understand that soft truth two being quality is more important than quantity. Why does, why does that matter? Well, it matters because you cannot mass produce special operations forces in truth three, uh, you know, soft truth three, you have to get the right people that you've invested in. And then you have to let them train as hard as they possibly can, because you can't produce them uh, in a, in a mass fashion, right? If you do so, you're going to degrade your ultimate capability. Truth four. This is a simple one that we, uh, you know, we just hit in the last one. You can't wait until an emergency occurs. We learned our lesson, the Iran uh, hostage crisis and Eagle Claw and Desert One in, in early 1980. And, you know, that led to the creation of our own separate command in SOCOM. And then we buttoned it up like uh, none of that stuff matters unless you have support. And it, unless you have support that you empower, that you value, and that you allow to train to the highest possible, you know, highest possible level in order to support the, the execution of the mission, the mission's going to fail. 
And if yep. you take those five soft truths and you wrap them up and you kind of make that your bedrock, you can answer a lot of questions. Yeah, nailed it. Well, everybody, <laughs> appreciate me. I mean, like me, really. I'm like, how am I going to follow that up? Like, all right, cool. <laughs> Just being real. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that review uh, or that notification bell and leave us a review. Uh, and then don't forget to check out the shop, onesready.com. We've got shirts, flags, stickers. Um, and then you can also purchase a tackle uh, equipment there, fence, mask, snorkel, rucksacks, watches, and all that kind of good stuff. And Mission Mercantile has got some amazing leather goods on our site as well. So you don't need to hit or you don't need to input any kind of promo code for those. It's already built in. So you're good to go. All right, everybody, light up. Awesome. Awesome.